What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Pop Day Handle. I'm your host, Andrew Nucatola, and as always, I hope you were having a fabulous week. I have been kind of just like getting back into the swing of things after my trip last weekend. I'm somebody who loves a routine. Like, I love to have certain days that I do this, certain days that I do that, and just kind of like stick to it as much as I can. Obviously, there's going to be like an ebb and a flow, and we're going to, things are going to change, but like, I love a, a loose routine, we'll call it. So, after a trip, obviously, when you're on a trip, you can't follow a routine as much as you would when you're at home. So when I get home, I am like, hit the ground running. We're not slipping out of a routine. Literally last week I landed, got home, ate, and I recorded the episode. Like I was like, nope, we are not, we are not missing anything. We are not slipping up. Like, and maybe that's something I need to like look inward and like not be so hard on myself about. And like now we're 30 seconds into the episode and somehow I'm a mental health podcast and I'm like, look inward, Andrew. And be better about certain things like not the time not the place like let's not get into that mindset because I am not qualified to give anybody especially myself any type of advice like that <laughs> but anyway I hope you guys are having a fabulous week it has honestly been very nice it's been chill and I've been noticing something especially like doing this and talking like catching people up about what I've been doing during the week I don't know why and maybe it's like just like a very common thing or I don't know somehow I either have plans seven days a week, Monday through Sunday, every single day, something happening or nothing. There is literally no in-between. Like it is either five to seven days of plans back to back to back to back to back or nothing going on. And I don't know how it happens or why it happens. And I, every time it happens, I tell myself like, okay, next time I'm making plans or I'm looking at like buying tickets or something or have something going on, like look at your week before you commit to something. And like, if, you, if, if you're going out with someone to get drinks, like if you're seeing a friend, like you can push it a day if you're, go, if you're you know, sandwiched between two events. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why I don't do that more. And every time it happens, I'm like, here it is again. Like I never learn. I don't know. If Let me know that I'm not alone here. Like, do you feel like you literally are booked and busy one week, the next week you have nothing going on when you're like, I, I could have moved that dinner to the week after. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I'm just like rambling and you guys are like, no, you're just fucking insane and don't know how to manage your time. Lo and behold, we are here. We are recording. Um, we are so close, so close to daylight savings, you guys. Every time I leave work, I'm like, we're so close at 8 p.m. sunsets. We are so close. I just read today, I think we're like 14 days away from 7 p.m. sunsets or something like that. It is, I can, I can literally like feel the difference in the air. It was like spring today in New York. It was so nice. I'm not, we're, something about New York, if you don't know, like New York has 18 seasons. So like there's winter, fake spring, real winter, like another fake spring, then it's like randomly hot and then it's like freezing cold and then it's actually spring by March. Like it is so back and forth. So right now I feel like we're in like a fake spring because it's going to be nice for the next few days, but I am not like, I'm not putting my jackets away just yet. Like I know eventually it will be cold again, unfortunately, but we are so close to daylight savings. And I just feel like there is such a fun, like a fret, like quite literally, like everyone is just like springing into a better mood when it is lighter out. And I cannot wait. Like I was thinking, I was like in a few weeks when I'm recording this, it's going to be light outside. Like it will be light out when I'm recording, which is so weird to think about. And I'm I'm excited to kind of see like if it changes anything, like my mindset or I don't know. Like I never feel like I'm like tired recording the episode because it's not like I'm recording it that late. But like there, there's like a there's like a psychological aspect to daylight savings. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm excited to kind of see like when I'm recording and it's still light outside, how that affects 
what we talk about, if I get more excited about things, who knows. But that being said, I'm always excited to be recording the podcast because it is really just like a fun part of my week. And there is a lot to dive into this week. We have music. We have we have music releases. We have music news. We have Beyonce. We have Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. Ariana Grande tracklist. Like so much has happened and I am so excited. And before we hop into the show, I just want to say if you did not watch Abbott Elementary last week, it was one of the funniest episodes I have ever watched of this show. We are three scenes into this show and I legitimately am always like, how is Quinta going to outdo herself and make it still funny? The episode was genuinely so good. I was hysterical and, and it was all over Twitter. People were like, is it just me or is this like the best episode of Abbott Elementary ever? And uh, Quinta Brunson, the genius that you are. I could kiss the ground you walk on. I'm just, uh, I'm obsessed. This season, we're only three episodes in, maybe four. I, I can't count. I don't know. But it is, it's so good. And if you are looking for something new to watch and you haven't watched Abbott yet, please start it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is one of the funniest shows on TV. I am obsessed with it. And last week just reminded me that I'm like, okay, no, this is a top tier TV show. I am so excited to just continue the season and see where it goes. But that being said, I think we just hop right in. We have so much to talk about. And you guys know the drill. First up is our Drew releases of the week. So if you are new here, Drew releases is our new releases of the week. So new music that came out last week and new music that's coming out this week. And there were some surprise drops this week that I was not expecting. And let's get into it. So the biggest one I would say is SZA dropped Saturn. Now this isn't a new song. This was the song that she performed at uh, in the commercial for the Grammy. She did that like live performance I believe with MasterCard, and it was the song Saturn. So she dropped it last Thursday. Yeah, that sounds right. And I was on my way to get drinks with some girlfriends, and literally Wednesday night, Thomas and I were saying, like, oh my God, we need her to drop Saturn. Like, it is so good. We literally watched the music video Saturday on Wednesday night. Thursday, I was on the subway going to meet my friends, and literally, I got the notification that SZA uploaded a new song. And I, and I was like, oh, we manifested it. Like, that was not to take credit for it, I want to say that was us. That was me manifesting it. We talked about it the night before and then it happened. And I just am like, thank you, SZA. So it wasn't a new song. We still don't have Lana. We don't know when that's coming out, but I will take it. And just, I mean, it is such a good song. I don't think SZA could do a bad song. It's like, it's to a point where every single thing she drops, I'm like, no, it's always the lyrics, the music, like the production, everything is just so good. And this is no exception. She just doesn't miss. I'm curious if this is going to be like a single from Lana, whether that's an EP, an album, the extended version of SOS. Like we still, we still don't know. It's been months that I've been talking about this fucking project and it's still not out, but not sure if it's like a single from that or if this was just like a one-off. Who knows? She lives in her own world. She literally does whatever she wants. And I kind of, as much as annoying as it is to like not have more of like a not have more of like a structure for her. She's not like, oh, I'm releasing this. I'm doing this. Like whatever. Like she just kind of does whatever. And we just kind of go with it because it's SZA. And like she has some type of like hall pass to do whatever she wants. And you know what? I'll sign the hall pass every damn time. So SZA released. Very exciting. Next up, we had Fly on a Boss. They released Yeah. And I, I was listening to it. And I was like, what am I going to say about this? Because like they, I, I'm I'm very aware that like, 
their music is never going to like, I'm never going to put it on and be like moved by it. It's never going to like change my life. Like it's always fun. It's always good. And I'm like, this is just like good vibe music. Like their music just makes me want to dance. It makes me like, if I've like, when I need to like cheer myself up or need like a good song at the gym, I put them on. Like they just have such a good and fun energy to them. And this song does not disappoint. It was such a fun song. They just have like such a good flow and rhythm. And if you are into any type of like rap, hip hop music, like that pop rap kind of like crossover, please check out Fly on a Boss. I've said it so many times. I feel like they've released a lot lately and I've been talking about them a lot and they just don't disappoint anytime. They are just so much fun. Just like it's good music to just like put on like when you're working or when you need something to like run to or if you just need like a fun pick-me-up song. Cannot 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 recommend fly on a boss enough and this new song yeah did not disappoint next up we had monet exchange who released and you guys know i was talking about her a lot in the past few weeks because i went to her comedy show and then now she's obviously releasing music and it's fun it's like an r&b bop definitely different than what she put out in the past with her uh oh my god what was the song called i talked about it last week i don't know slipped my mind but that was more of like a kind of like a reggaeton like had like a beachy feel to it this is like a r&b like a slowed down just like a just like a really solid r&b track it's nothing groundbreaking nothing crazy like you know it's i wasn't expecting it again to change my life and i think that's okay i think for a, a long time i would be like if i heard a song and it wasn't like the most groundbreaking earth shattering song i ever heard i'd be like eh, whatever but like you're allowed to like a song that isn't the best song in the world. You know what I mean? Like you're allowed to hear a song and be like, it's nothing great, like nothing crazy, nothing special, but like, it's still good. I like it. You know what I mean? For so long. And again, we're looking inward, doing a lot of self-reflecting. I literally used to be like, oh my God, if this isn't the best song I've ever heard, flop, not listening to it. Like not every song has to be a smash hit. Not every song has to change your life. Not every song has to have groundbreaking lyrics. And ever since I kind of started giving myself that like pass to like just enjoy music for what it is and not need like some deeper message behind it it's like wow this is a lot more fun than just like needing a song to be like groundbreaking and apply to my life and need to have some relation to it or whatever like I was it's it's a it's a much more enjoyable experience so loving this Monet Exchange song and speaking about songs that aren't going to change your life Selena Gomez <laughs> love on I mean, we didn't expect anything crazy. I will say, I did really like this sound that she had. As again, it's just like a, a pop song, like nothing crazy. But it took so long to get to like the upbeat fun part. Like we, I was listening to it and I was like, okay, yeah, this is cute. This is cute. Like cute is the only word. Not good. Not great. Nothing. Nothing astounding. But like it finally hit. Like the 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 beat came in and I was like, oh wait, this is. She, she did what she had to do you know she selena gomez is never going to release an all too well selena gomez is never going to release like a dua lipa track it is always just going to be a generic pop song doesn't really have a, a nothing crazy just like a fun beat some silly lyrics she literally rhymes like steak tartare with bizarre and memoir and car like it's never going to be crazy you know what i mean like it's just a pop song it's fun do i love it no did I add it to my playlist? No, but it exists. I don't hate it. I think I think the thing with Selena Gomez is I just have the lowest expectations. And I don't say that in a bad way. Like I don't say that with the way of her releasing bad music. I just like, I know I'll enjoy it. It'll be a fun, like, it'll be a fun tune. It'll be fun to listen to, but like, I'm not going out of my way to stream this song. If it comes on, it comes on. I am probably never gonna seek this song out to play again. And that's okay. 
You know what I mean? Like you're, you're allowed to not have to love every single song. Like I was just saying, and this song, it, it did what it had to do, I guess. She released it. She had her cute... The music video was fun. I did like the music video. She was wearing like Sarah Jessica Parker shoes in it. She had like a whole... Which actually, light bulb moment, live in flesh right now. She did the Sex in the City moment in Single Soon, the note, the post that she wrote. And now she's wearing Sarah Jessica Parker's heels in this video. So that's a fun little tie that I just realized just now. So I love, I, th I'll give her that. That's a fun little nod. I don't know if it was intentional. Knowing her, it probably wasn't. And I'm the only one who realized that. But, you know, let's just, let's pretend like it was intentional because it fits my fantasy better. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was cute. She looked great in the music video. That, that's one thing about Selena Gomez. Like, she could be singing the worst song you've ever heard in your life and she's going to look gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to look great. She's going to serve a look. She's going to, her face is going to be gorgeous. Like, She's going to look fantastic and that's enough for me. I'll take it. You know, maybe she, she's getting by being pretty and th that's fine by me. I am not mad about it. <laughs> um, moving on. This was actually a song that got released today, which wasn't expecting it, but we talked about her a few weeks ago. She was my yes, but Rachel Chinneriri, she is the new like up and coming pop artist from the UK. And she just released the title track to her upcoming album. What a devastating turn of events. And now if you want to talk about a song with lyrics, this is a song with good lyrics. It is, uh, it was a, I was not expecting the song to come out. I mean, I didn't even know that she was releasing. She literally posted it yesterday and she just posted the date with like a snippet. And then today it came out. So very exciting. I mean, again, I'm very new to her music. She's been around for a few years, but I've been really, really loving everything she's been putting out. And obviously this came out today. I was like, perfect. I can talk about it tonight. And I loved it. I didn't get to digest it as much as I would like to, because again, it literally came out six hours ago, but just like the lyrics to it is telling the story pretty much of like girl falls in love with a boy. They kind of fall out of love. You know, they, they go through the motions and it's just like a, just very well done. You know, she has, it's nothing, nothing, not crazy production. It's not overproduced. It's not over the top. It's just like solid lyrics, solid tune, like her voice. I love her voice. It's very, like, I feel like a lot of British singers, you don't always hear their accent, but you hear hers and it works. Like the way that her, her voice and the way her like vocal inflections come through on her music, it just adds a little something to the music. And I'm like, Ooh, I like that. Um, but yeah, so very excited for a new release from her. Her album comes out May 5th, I believe, or like whatever that first weekend in May, or maybe I just made that up. I'm pretty sure it's May. I could be wrong, but regardless regardless it's coming out in the next few months and i'm very excited like i said she did have she has a show in brooklyn in a few weeks i don't have tickets but i'm gonna try and make it there so we will see about that obviously we'll talk about it on the podcast but yeah so those are our releases from the week um nothing crazy nothing groundbreaking i mean SZA obviously huge everybody else just we love it we love a new tune to add to the playlist or to not add to the playlist um but this week coming up we have some big releases and i am personally stoked so first and foremost miss charlie xcx is releasing von dutch which she has been teasing for weeks she is i mean it's charlie baby like come on she's just doesn't miss she is always on it i'm so excited for a new charlie track she's been teasing it for i don't even know how long she's been doing it for definitely over a month she's been teasing this song and it finally comes out uh she is dropping it this thursday february 29th which sounds weird to say because it's a leap year but Alas, she is releasing on the 29th and I cannot wait. We've heard a lot of it, especially she just did her Boiler Room show, which I'm so mad I couldn't get into, but it's okay. I digress. I'll see her at the next show. But she played like pieces of it there. Like 
I'm just very, very excited for this new track from Charlie. Um, I'm, you can 99% assume it will be on the playlist, the Drew Releases playlist, as soon as it comes out, because I know I'm going to love it. Just the snippets alone are so good. I just, ugh, I love me some Charlie. Next up, we have Fletcher, which I loved her last release, and her album is coming out soon, so I'm really excited for that. But new Fletcher this Friday is called Doing Better. And then we also have Ollie Alexander, who is better known as Years and Years. I don't believe he's going as Years and Years anymore, which... I was under the impression that he was still going by years and years, but on this song, it says Ollie Alexander, so don't really know why, but he is releasing his first single. It's been like two years since we've gotten music from him, so I'm very excited. It's called Dizzy, and it's coming out on Friday. He, uh, so years and years, if you don't know, they were a band. It was a trio, and they put out two albums together, and then the last one, they decided to uh, split. I don't think it was like anything, like, dramatic i think they just were like no we want to do our own things and ollie released another album as years and years but it seems like now he's going off the years and years path and releasing as ollie alexander regardless i always love his music i love their music their album palo santo if you have not listened to it do yourself a favor go listen to it it is one of my favorite albums i listened when it came out that year i think it was I think it came out in like 2018, maybe 2019, and it came out in like a time of my life when I needed the the songs on that album. It was like, it was a rough patch for me. So, and obviously I'm such a music person. I lean on music a lot. And like when I listen to that album, I think about like that time of my life and where I am now. And it's like a fun, a fun reflection piece. But the album itself, just like the whole thing is so good. So definitely check that album out. Check out all their music. But we also have new music coming out this Friday, so I will talk about that next week. As you guys know, we'll recap it all. And yeah, those are our new releases coming out this Friday, this Thursday. This is a new thing people are doing, releasing on Thursdays, or like just releasing whenever day they want, which I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not mad because it's just kind of like a free-for-all, but it does get confusing because you're like, wait, they're releasing Thursday, they're releasing Friday, somebody just dropped on a Tuesday. Like, it's, it, it's a little confusing, but you know what? It's like it almost kind of dilutes New Music Friday because sometimes on Fridays you wake up, at, or me at least, and you have like all your pre-saves and they just show up on your phone and you're like, holy shit, how am I going to listen to all of this? So I kind of like this new thing of like random release days and just kind of dropping it whenever slash on a Thursday. Thursday's been like the big thing. I think it has something to do with like UK time or like I don't know if the, I might sound like a, such an idiot right now saying that, but I think it has something to do with like the time overseas. <laughs> As I'm saying it, I'm like, I am not smart enough or qualified enough to be talking about time zones because I don't understand how they work. But I'm pretty sure it has something to do with like, they want to release it at a certain time in London. Or at least like I know Dua did that. So I just assume like that's like a thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass now. But regardless, we have some new music coming out this week, which always a good thing. And moving on from releases, we have some more music news, but not really sure when they're coming out. So there's just music news. So moving on to our topics, Normani. Normani is finally releasing her debut album. And I say finally because it has been five years since she released Motivation, her lead single that never went anywhere. Now, I loved Fifth Harmony. I was a, I was a harmonizer and I'm all in for this Fifth Harmony renaissance happening on TikTok. So whatever that ensues, I'm signed up for it. I'm very excited. But Normani is finally releasing an album. We don't know much. There's no release date, nothing. It is called Dopamine. The cover is sick. I'm obsessed. I think it's such a cool, such a simple concept, but just like 
she I mean she's gorgeous like she's so stunning and I just love she's like riding on the rocket she just looked great I loved it very excited for new music from her the snippet she released it just has like a kind of like an R&B feel which is exactly what I would expect from her and it is about damn time that she releases music because we have been waiting for it she was really like on the cusp of being people were saying she was going to be a Beyonce which a big a big thing to say I I'm I'm not people but they were saying like she has the potential to be like a huge pop star and I mean even like her motivation performance at the VMAs out of control she performed I believe with the BET awards like she was doing so many sick performances and she's done a lot of collabs like she's done like what was it was it wild side um she did the songs with uh uh Khalid like she's had like a, a mix of songs come out but nothing really on her own so it's exciting to finally get some new music from her very very exciting we will do a full recap of that album and the singles and everything as it comes but new music from Normani is on the horizon because why wouldn't she release in 2024 when everybody and their mother is also releasing this year some other music news this one I am so stoked about so Miley and Pharrell are working together again and they are releasing a song called Doctor and then parentheses work it out now this song and I didn't realize this at first. And then when I listened to it again, I was like, wait, I've heard this. This is a song that was like a bangers album cut from years ago when whenever that album came out. That was, oh my God, bangers came out 11 years ago. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, 11. Yeah, I just graduated high school. Oh my God, that's nuts. Anyway, this is an album cut from Bangers and I loved Bangers. Anyone who knows me during that era of my life, I was obsessed. I made Bangers my entire personality trait. It's still, I would say it's still my favorite Miley era and Miley album. I just absolutely loved it. And I am so excited for these two to be working together. Now, of course, like I said, this is an older song that they're kind of just like releasing now, but it it is Miley's updated vocal. So I'm curious like how it's going to be different from whatever leaked a few years ago to now. Um, I just, I loved the Bangers era so much and they worked on a lot of songs together. They did like, I know Pharrell was on 4x4, Get It Right, uh, Rooting For My Baby. And there was one more. I remember there was four. What is, On My Own, I want to say, was Pharrell? Yeah, On My Own was Pharrell. I'm like listening to the beginning for that four count. And um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Rooting For My Baby, On My Own, 4x4, Get It Right were all Pharrell tracks, which are all just great tracks from Bangers, which, so that just makes me even more excited for new music from them to be working together. We don't have a release date. Miley teased it today with the uh, like single artwork. So it might be coming out this week might not be who really knows i'm not gonna that's why i didn't include it in my drew releases because we don't know when it's coming out but it would make sense to drop it this friday but we'll see when it comes out but very excited for that like i said bangers was such oh i love that era it was the tour was insane the like everything about it i just absolutely loved so to be getting a taste of that again from miley i'm very very excited and in other music news we have beyonce 27 years into her career still breaking records, still making history. Ugh, obsessed. So if you didn't see, Beyonce debuted at number one on the country charts with Texas Hold'em, making her the first black woman to hit number one on the country charts in history. Then the second week of release, she hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100s, making her the first black woman in history to hit number one on the Billboard charts with a country song. I mean, come on. Like, that is that's first of all it is insane that like she's so far into her career and she's still making history within her career second of all 
why are we still having like news of like the first black person to do this? You know what I mean? That just always like rubs me the wrong way when it's like we're in 2024 and there's still this history being made and clearly like a disadvantage to people of color, which just like is a whole nother a whole nother ball game. And I don't want to get into it right now because I'll get so angry. Anytime I see a headline and it's like blah 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 is the first person of color to do this. I'm like, why why wasn't it possible before? But I digress. I'm so excited for Beyonce to have this accolade. Now, what's cool about this is besides the fact that it's, you know, another number one, she's, this is her ninth sol- uh, number one as a solo artist and 13th as a, uh, just in general. So there was, what is that, four with Destiny's Child slash like Megan Thee Stallion, Ed Sheeran, she had a number one with. So her ninth as a solo artist. Um, that means that Break My Soul and Texas Hold'em, the two lead singles from Act 1 and Act 2 of this three-act project, both hit number one. If you remember a few weeks ago when I talked about it, Beyonce is doing these acts, so we think, to reclaim the genres of music that people of color created throughout the years and kind of got whitewashed, for lack of a better term. So the fact that she is going number one with the lead singles from these albums is just, like, is so iconic. And I'm sure she'll go number one again when the Act 3 comes out. I know the Beehive we're going to perform. I've been buying music on iTunes again for the first time because I'm, like, in this fandomonium of it, and I'm like, who have I become? Like, I I have not bought music on iTunes in years. And this year I had Megan Thee Stallion, Beyonce. Actually, I think that's it. Just the two of them. Regardless, it's more music than I've bought on iTunes in the past, like, month than I have in the past 10 years. Uh, but you know what? It's fine. I, I'm happy to do it. Happy to help where I can. But just like a fun little, fun little tidbit. You know, Beyonce is just, what? Like, what can she do? She is just, ah, incredible. But I will say, where's the fucking album pre-order? What's the album title? When are we getting more about this album? She, like, dropped these two songs, announced the album, pushed it to the side and released Sacred and, like, her hairline and just, like, ran with that. And I'm like, girl, I understand this is, like, a passion project and you're doing it, but, like, you just announced your album at the Super Bowl and now you're just, like, not saying anything about it and you're, like, pushing a conditioner. Girl. Come on, we need we need some more about this album. The album comes out in a month. Oh my god, the album comes out in a month. That's crazy. Um, and we still don't have a pre-order. We still don't have a cover. We still don't have a title for the album. All we know is this act two is country and there's two songs on it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's a maybe it's an LP and it's just two songs and that's all we're getting. Who knows? Regardless, I can't wait. Could not do an episode and not talk about Beyonce break making history because like hello it's Beyonce um and moving on kind of away from music news but still kind of music news Ariana Grande was on Zach Sang this week it actually was out last night part one of two now if you don't know Ariana Grande and Zach Sang are like besties so whenever they do an interview it is always top notch interview Zach Sang is just such a talented celebrity interviewer he always knows the right questions to ask something about him just makes everybody so comfortable and he is able to just like make the setting for these people who are typically in these like high strung environments doing interviews and really anxious he breaks down every single wall that these celebrities have and is able to just like ask them these questions and it's just when Zach Sang does an interview, it feels more personal and more real. And we get it even more with Ariana, which is so cool because Ariana does not do many interviews, uh, understandably, because every time she speaks, it gets twisted and whatever happens. So when, we, when I found out that she was doing Zach Sang again, I figured she would. But like when it was confirmed, I was like, thank 
God. And part one came out last night. So I think what I'm going to do is part two comes out when the album drops because they go track by track. So I think I'm going to do a full recap of both parts when the album comes out and I'll talk about the album and then we'll talk about the interviews and like kind of break it down. But just a few things that I thought were kind of noteworthy from part one that I wanted to talk about while it was still like hot off the press. Um, first and foremost, the number one thing that stood out to me, she said she was not planning to release an album until after Wicked Part 2 came out, probably 2027. If she made us wait until 2027 for a new album, I don't know what I would have done. Gen like, that is crazy to think about. That would have been seven years without a new Ariana Grande album. She released Positions 2020 and to not release again until 2027. Girl, that ponytail is a little too tight because you are, you, <laughs> you're losing your mind. So I'm glad that, you know, she let her hair down for Wicked. She got some sense in her brain and is now releasing Eternal Sunshine in a few weeks. So actually, it comes out literally next week, right? It comes out literally next week. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Next Friday, we are already here. March is going to be such a crazy month for music. This whole year is, but March specifically, like it is legitimately every single week. There is not even just singles, full-fledged albums coming out. Casey Musgraves, Ariana, Beyonce, Maggie Rogers, like who knows who else is going to drop in March. There is so much happening. It's going to be a fun month on the podcast. I cannot wait. But so, like I said, she is releasing next week and she wasn't planning to. So I'm glad that she knocked some sense into herself while she was in Oz. Maybe, you know, maybe when she landed in the bubble, it popped and something popped in her brain. She was like, oh, I should release an album before, you know, I go into a hiatus with Wicked. But that I was like, oh, my God, could you imagine waiting seven years for another album? Well, it would have been three years, but you know what I mean? Since her last, she also, she mentioned the whole AI thing. She thinks it's freaky, which I totally agree. I hate the AI trend. Like I think AI for certain things is fine. Like image generating is cool. You know, when you use it to like help you write something or things like that or whatever, fine. This AI voice thing, I am not about it. I think it's so weird. I think it just like adds such like a it's just weird. Like, I don't like it. And she's on the same page. So I'm glad I'm glad me and my girl can relate. I she said she was like, it's freaking weird. I don't understand. And I think the whole thing with AI to me is like, if we keep using AI in these ways, where like we're making artists sing other songs, things like that, like, it's going to be a whole thing in a sense of like, artists not wanting to release music because AI is doing it for them. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the artists who have that musicality to them and do it because they have that music gene in them, they'll keep doing it. But like, people are going to start just like, wanting to get in on the cash grab and making music with AI and just like releasing things because it's going to be a quarter of the work. And I'm like, this is not, this is not what we want. No, 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 no. Stop with the covers. Stop with the, the this, the that. I'm over it. I can't do it. Ariana agrees. So like, let's listen to Mother and like, tune it down a bit on the AI. So I'm glad that she is on the same page as that. She also did mention the leaked music, which if you don't know, I don't know how, but like, I, I, I leaked music in itself is a mystery to me. I don't understand how it leaks. How do you find it? Like, what if you can get into Ariana Grande's computer? What can't can you find everything on my computer too? Like, I don't understand how these artists have these like these teams and these like these recordings and people are able to find them. Like, it just blows my mind that leaked music is somehow so accessible to people. I don't understand. I like I don't get it. But she had like a huge, massive leak, like 
so much music came out and the big one was fantasized that like went crazy viral on TikTok. Turns out it was actually for some TV project she was working on, not for her, but I guess maybe she was like helping write the music. She didn't go too into detail with it, but it was not a song for herself, which is so ironic because everybody was obsessed with it and people were like, we need this al this song on the album. She did confirm it is not on the album, but there's a taste of that sound because she was like, well, this is what people want. Let me give the people what they want. So thank you for that. But she did say she was like, I will find you guys in jail, the people who leaked it, because like, stop stealing my music, which I totally understand. I will admit when music leaks, I do listen to it. But I know that's because I always, I think I've said this before, like I buy vinyl, I buy physical music, I will stream it until the, the cows come home. Like I'm going to listen to it anyway. So if things leak and it comes across my desk, except for Beyonce, I never listen to a Beyonce leak because I feel like that is less like sacrilegious. I, ugh, like it's not on Beyonce's internet. Absolutely not. But I do listen to leaked music. Sorry if, you know, that upsets you or whatever, but I'm not the one finding it. I'm not the one digging through and doing, you know, if somebody sent it to me, I listen to it, but that's because I know that I'm going to support it. Regardless, Ariana Grande said you're going to see these people in jail, so I hope I am not included in that because, you know, I'm not the one leaking it. But that being said, very, very, very excited for this new Ariana album next week. We are so close, so close to this album. And the track list came out today and literally I saw that there's a track called The Boy Is Mine and I blacked out. I literally was like, well, I'm done. Like, she, uh, knowing everything that's gone on with her in the past two, three years to have a track called The Boy Is Mine. Oh, she also said that track two, she didn't want it to be mean. So she had to be as nice as possible. And track two is literally called Bye. So I'm assuming it's about her divorce and she wanted to be nice about it. So I'm curious, I, like, we still don't know what happened with her divorce. You know, like we know every, we think we know everything about Ethan and this and that, but like, we don't really know what happened with her and Dalton and like what happened with her and Ethan and when Ethan and his ex-wife like there's really no clear timeline of anything so I don't I'm, I'm curious what we're gonna learn on the album I don't think she's gonna give away too much but I definitely think we're gonna get some like some some breadcrumbs you know what I mean she's gonna give us a little bit but she's not gonna give us the full story and I do think that next week's episode with Zach saying that she does the part two is gonna give us a big insight of not only just like what the lyrics and like what the songs mean but like what she was thinking when she recorded it and what she was thinking during that process which I think is crucial to this album I think this album is something that like every single song every lyric every note was purposely meticulously placed for a reason and I'm very excited to find out like what the you know what the ins and outs of each song and what the whole album is and I'm just very excited for new Ariana Grande music and oh it's so soon it's so soon I cannot wait moving away from some music news but still kind of music news um we've had some some stuff going on in the concert world and it is it's big ones these are some big things happening so olivia rodrigo kicked off her guts tour this weekend opening night was in palm springs over the weekend obviously olivia rodrigo is like the one of the biggest pop stars of today like she is just has her come up to me is still so crazy like the way driver's license was her debut single and it went so insanely not only viral less like completely took over the world and she just kind of has been continuing to ride that high is so impressive it's so like that doesn't happen you know what i mean people are usually one hit wonders and then like the album comes out and it's kind of like eh, okay then the second album comes out eh, okay she has just 
ridden this high. Obviously, it's gone down a bit from driver's license, but really not that. She hasn't dipped that, like, really at all. Like, she is still on top of her game, and the Guts Tour kick off this weekend, and it looks so good. I think the set list is perfect. The only song that I really wish was on it is One Step Forward, Three Steps Back, but I can do without it because the rest of the set list is so good. She does some uh, some of the bonus tracks from Guts, which is exciting. Just like she does a really, I think she did a really, really good job at combining both of the albums, Guts and Sour, and making sure everything was included. But I have to say, I am giving it three weeks before the moms of Facebook and the moms of Twitter and TikTok are like, ripping her apart because they're like my daughter listens to you and she's eight and she should not be watching you on stage dressed like that doing this you know that like typical like bitchy karen mom vibe i feel like it's coming i feel like it's just like on the horizon i feel like she's gonna get to like she's like palm springs is pretty like you know go with the flow whatever but i feel like she's gonna get to like louisiana Arkansas, one of those weird middle states that like is just like a shape like a square in the middle of the country. No offense if you're from there and listening. Obviously, you are not who I'm talking about. But I just feel like she's going to get to one of those states and one mom is just going to like not be happy with the fishnets or like the humping on stage or whatever she's doing. And it is just going to like blow up. Not that it's going to stop her from doing what she's doing or stop her from touring or anything like that. Like I know that that's not who she is. And she's she's kind of intentionally trying to like shake the Disney image, which I feel like she doesn't even have the Disney image to the extent that some people did. Like when you think about like Miley, Selena, the Jonas Brothers, they were like the poster children for Disney. Olivia was like kind of after Disney's height and after Disney was like, I mean, it was still obviously Disney is going to be successful, but like after Disney Channel really had that like golden age of TV shows, of music, of celebrities, and like she kind of was on the tail end of it. And then she was on High School Musical, the musical, the series, say that 10 times fast, and that was a Disney Plus show. So it didn't really hit like the full general public, you know what I mean? Because it was a streaming exclusive. So she obviously has that Disney tie, but I think she's done a good job at kind of like stepping away from it before it was her entire personality, if that makes sense. Kind of like Miley stepping away from Hannah was 10 times the magnitude of Olivia stepping away from, I can't even think of her character's name on High School Musical, the musical, the series. What was her name? Um, I don't know. It's not going to come to me. I have, I honestly only watched the first season and then I dipped out. Maybe I watched the second season. Doesn't matter. But I just, I feel like that wrath is coming for her and I know that she'll, she'll be fine. Like she's not going to like change what she's doing on tour and I think it her her sound is very like edgy and grungy and like it fit not edgy and you know what I mean like she's not releasing Hannah Montana music is what I'm saying you know she didn't really like hold back on like just kind of going for the aesthetic that she wanted so I think the aesthetic is matching what she's doing on stage but I just think like these moms might not have realized what how she was dressed and acting and I think she looks great I think she I want her to do whatever she wants. Take a shot on stage. Go crazy. But like, there's definitely going to be some pushback from the parents. And I, um, I'm just waiting for it. Like, I hate to say that I'm sitting back with popcorn, but I kind of am just like, all right, it's going to come. There is a storm of brewing for Olivia Rodrigo. But that being said, the tour looks fantastic. Her stage presence has gotten so much better. Her live vocals have gotten so much better. You can just tell she is so much more comfortable in her skin and so much more confident. And I'm, I don't have tickets. I keep saying it, but I am, I will be at the Guts tour when it's in New York. 
Mark my words, I am putting it out there because I missed the Sour Tour and I am not missing the Guts Tour. So I will be there. I don't care what it takes. I mean, unless it's like Eris Tour money, which it won't be, but like the ticket prices are pretty steep right now. So we'll figure it out when we get there. That being said, congrats on a wonderful opening weekend, Miss Olivia Rodrigo. I cannot wait to see you in a few weeks. <laughs> and speaking about the Eris Tour, our next topic is the Eris Tour. And my God, is there a lot to talk about? So Taylor is obviously taking the Eris tour overseas. She is in Australia right now. She actually just finished in Australia. She was in Melbourne and then she was in Sydney this past weekend. And what a weekend. Oh my God. So weekend starts. Miss Taylor Swift is at the zoo with Sabrina Carpenter. So like so normal girl. She's like, oh, I'm on tour in Australia. Let me go to the zoo. I was like, good for you. You don't see her enjoying days off ever really in public. So to see her out and about at the zoo I was like, good for you, girl, do your thing. And she liked it so much that she brought Travis back the next day, which I was like, that's so cute. Like she just saw that koala yesterday and she's going back today to go see it with her man. I don't know. I thought that was, I thought it was silly. Honestly, I was like, she literally is going two days in a row. She must really fuck with these koalas, like, and these kangaroos. <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny to me, but Travis did fly in. So we kind of were all on edge. I say we as if like, the whole internet, but kind of is the whole internet. We were all kind of like, what's going to happen with Travis being at the show this weekend? And a lot happened. But before we get into that, the big takeaway for me is Katy Perry being at the Eras tour. If you would have told 2015 me that Katy Perry would be attending Taylor Swift's tour in 2024, I would have laughed in your face. I would have looked you dead in the eye and been like, you're lying to me. But alas, I guess band-aids do fix bullet holes because Katy Perry was in fact at the Eras tour this weekend, which is just such a crazy statement to say when you know the lore and the background to it. I mean, the like too long, don't read, like Taylor, and Bad Blood is literally about Katy Perry. Swish Swish is literally about Taylor Swift. Like they both have diss tracks about each other and had such like a thick beef and argument. And like they have overcome all of their stuff i mean they've been fine for years like literally opening night of Reptor is when they like became friends again to katie sent the olive branch we've talked about this on the podcast before and it's one of my roman empires like i remember so specifically sitting in a college class l refreshing twitter on my laptop when i should have been taking notes and seeing that katie sent taylor an olive branch and i literally gasped so loud that i stopped the class i literally was like <gasps> hang on. And I had to tell everybody that Katy Perry sent Taylor Swift an olive branch. This is a true story. I can have any of my classmates vouch because I'm sure that they remember it because I made it everybody's problem. And to this day, it is a Roman empire of mine, the opening end of Rep Tour, that Katy did that. Um, but yeah, so she was at the Era Tour this weekend. And not only was she there, she posted a photo with Taylor and said, saw an old friend tonight, which is just so cute. And then she posted a video of herself reacting to bad blood, which just like adds to it. Like they've never talked about it publicly. Like obviously bad blood is a huge Taylor Swift song. It's like, I mean, it's not anywhere near her best, but it is a huge Taylor Swift song. It was a single, like it was everywhere. It's huge. Everybody knows it. It's, it's one that like everybody knows at the shows. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to be like a deep hardcore Swifty to know bad blood. So like for that to be about Katy Perry and for Katy Perry to be at the show, sticking along to it and like posting her reaction to it. It's just like, I love that they can just be in on the joke. I love that they can just put everything past them. It was such silly beef too. It was literally over backup dancers, like so dumb. So I'm glad that they're able to kind of like move past that. And they're, they're adults. You know what I mean? Like when this happened, it was 10, yeah, 10 years ago, maybe more. No, like, yeah, like 10. 
give or take. I don't know. I'm, you guys know I'm not good at math. But like, it's been a minute. You know, Taylor was in her 20s. Katie was in her late 20s, maybe early 30s. Like, they're adults. They can push past it. And I wish that some other rap girls, some other pop girls would take a page from their book and just like, let go of all the stupid drama and just like, have fun. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure Katie had a blast at the Eras tour. She was there with Rita Ora, which like, just like a fun group. Obviously, Travis was there. Rebel Wilson was there. Like, it was a star-studded night. So like, knowing that Katie and Taylor have come so far and they were all there to just like have fun and celebrate, it was just like, I don't know, a good day for chronically online pop culture obsessed people like myself. That was my big takeaway from the weekend. There's a lot more to go into, though. She also announces that there is a new variant of the tortured poets department called the Albatross. Now, there is a new fan theory that she is going to release a new variant of this album the next, now, two weekends, because we have three. So there'll be two more variants because it's going to cover the five stages of grief, which I think is a very smart concept. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'm really, I feel like that's going to happen. Now, this one, I don't really know what the why is called that. Last week when we talked about the bolter, I had a little more background. The only thing I could find about the albatross is that it's a bird. And there was a rumor going around Twitter that the bird flies for six years before it lands, which the second I read it, I was like, all right, you guys are out of your fucking mind. Like, that's not true. No bird is flying for six years and never landing. And it was debunked right away. But it is a bird, which if you think like, Taylor's history with birds and like it is an ocean bird so seagulls is 1989 so I'm like is this like a I don't know some type of nod to 1989 who knows I guess we'll see when this single come when the bonus track comes out but I did see something that was very interesting my friend Delaney actually sent it to me so hi Delaney if you're listening she's always coming through with like my Taylor like I'm obviously very invested and in, into the Taylor stuff but Delaney always has like the inside inside scoop so she'll always send me a little thing she's like you need to talk about this on the podcast and like give me the the full rounded Swifty scoop so I have to have her on for like a full Taylor segment that'll be fun we've talked about it before but maybe oh maybe for the album release we'll do something together anyway moving on so she sent me this thing that somebody said and it said that an albatross is a continuing problem that makes it difficult or impossible to do or achieve something and then they went on to say that fame has become an albatross that prevents her from leading a normal happy life which we know that when she dated joe which we know that this album is primarily about she did not live any type of normal life because no one saw her for six years. So that theory, that makes sense. So if that's the case and that's like the message of the song, I am tuned in. This seems like the most interesting track to me then. And I'm just excited. I'm very, we're getting new Taylor music soon. We're getting new Ariana music, new, like so much music coming out. And I'm just like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overstimulated. But that's the news on the Tortured Poets Department. But of course, we are not done yet, because if you know, you know, these surprise songs this weekend, holy shit. So night one in Sydney, she kicks it off with How You Get the Girl from 1989. All right, cool. Then she brings out Sabrina Carpenter and does a mashup of White Horse and Coney Island. Now, there's two things to take away from this. Number one. The fact that Sabrina Carpenter is opening for Taylor Swift is one of her closest friends now and is doing these duets with her. When she used to enter Taylor Swift karaoke contests to try and win tickets to see her and uploaded covers of her singing Taylor Swift, like, it is so, it's so crazy when you really think about it. Like, Sabrina was uploading videos to YouTube in, like, 2011, I don't know, whatever year it was. She was little. She had to be 13, 14 
uploading covers of her singing Taylor Swift, and now she's opening for Taylor and singing surprise songs with her. She, like, I gotta, you gotta clap for her. She did that. That is just so, ugh, so incredible. And not for nothing, like, this, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but it's fine. She is, I'm just obsessed with her personality. I, I love her regardless, but, like, especially this past weekend, like, she was like, I'm sorry, sorry for your loss. Like, she's going into, like, the Australian piece. Like, she's just so in on the joke and so on beat with every trend. Like, as soon as something goes trending on TikTok, she's, like, able to, like, incorporate it in, like, her her outros or whatever. Like, she's just so in on the joke. And there is nothing more refreshing than a pop star who can also, like, be in on the joke and laugh about it. I just, I love her and I needed to give her that shout out. That being said, Mashing up White Horse and Coney Island is fucking insane. I was thinking about it earlier and like the main takeaway from White Horse is like, say you're sorry, like, you know, you're apologizing to me, but it's too late. Like, you can't come around and save the day anymore. You did what you did. And like, I'm sorry, like you, it's too late for you and your White Horse to come around. Coney Island is the story of two of a man and a woman couple singing about each other, like apologizing to each other for what they did. So like, to mash the two of them up, I literally was like, this is heartbreaking. When you really think about the songs, like one is about like, hey, it's too late for you to apologize to me. And the other is two people apologizing to each other. Just like, the and the fact that she was able to like think of that and put them together, out of control. And it, it just gets crazier. Night two, she masked up, should have said no, and you're not sorry. So should have said no, obviously. You should have said no, you should have gone home. You shouldn't have done what you did. You should not have cheated on me. And then you're not sorry, quite literally, you're not sorry. She's, you know, you did what you did. You don't have to call anymore. You're not going to pick up the phone. You're not sorry. And she knows it. So like to mash those up, like, oh, again, just genius. Now this next one, speaking of Delaney, this was, this was a big one for her. <laughs> and I, I, uh, when she texted me, whatever morning it was and said that this happened, I knew that she was feeling it, but she mashed up peace and New Year's Day. Now, this is the first time Taylor is saying peace on the Eras tour at all. So that's just a big thing to begin with. But when you think about these two songs, peace is like, she's saying like, I can't give you peace. Like the whole message is literally, would it be enough if I can never give you peace? Like she's saying like, I am Taylor Swift. I am famous. Like I can never be, I'm never going to be normal. I'm never going to have a normal life. Like, is that enough for you? And if you think about Joe, clearly it wasn't. But then to mash it up with New Year's Day. And she's saying like, New Year's, I mean, if you know New Year's Day, it's literally she's saying like, regardless, like I'm going to be there cleaning up with you on New Year's Day. Like I will be with you. Like we are endgame. I, I mean, obviously the song's about somebody else. And now she's singing about somebody else. But regardless, I've said it before. I think it's, I think it's a huge thing to be able to like admit that you wrote a song for somebody and could apply it to them then. But you can also take that song and apply it to somebody now. So Peace and New Year's Day being mashed up while she's literally in the most public relationship she has ever been in. <sighs> that one was heavy. I was like, girl, you are crazy. You're out of your damn mind. <laughs> um, night three comes along. These both, I was personally, these were the most, I was most victimized by these. Is it over now? And I wish you would. I Wish You Would is my favorite song in 1989 and has been since the album came out. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I fucking love I Wish You Would. And then she masked it up with Is It Over Now? Which, is it over now? Literally in the title, like, are we done? Are we, is this done? Like, was it over then? Is it over now? Just questioning it. And then I Wish You Would is like, 
begging for somebody to come back. Like, I wish you'd come back. I wish you would drive up to my house. I wish you would be here. So like asking if it's over, it's almost like the before the breakup and after the breakup, you, you know, when you think about the message of the song, it's like, is it over? Was it over then? Like, I wish I could have seen what was coming. I wish I knew like, like, what is it? I wish whatever the lyric is. Um, and then I wish she would. It's like, she's like begging for them to come back because she wishes they would come back. And to mash those up, this girl is insane. They, 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 all of these mashups. I was like, girl, you are out of your damn mind. Haunted and Exile was the next song for night three, which again, just a crazy, crazy mashup when you really break it down. I mean, Haunted and it's the whole like the the hook for Haunted is come on come on don't leave me like this I thought I had you figured out can't breathe whenever you're gone can't go back I'm haunted or whatever to mix it up with Exile where she's saying I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending Haunted she's begging somebody not to leave her she's going to be haunted by them Exile she's already they like she's gone through it before so now I'm like oh my god exile is like the callback to haunted because she's she's seen this happen before she didn't like the ending not saying that the songs are related not saying that it's the same situation obviously but like when you boil it down you're like haunted she's like begging like don't leave me like this don't do this to me and then in exile she's like I've been through this before and I don't want to do this again like huh. oh the growth just like it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Moving on to night four, because of course there's more. This is a long episode again. I, I've just been chatty Kathy lately, but whatever, it's fine. Um, night four, she mashes up woulda, coulda, shoulda, and Ivy. I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda, it's obviously just like a, like a rip my heart out song. And literally like, she's like, if I would have known, like I never would have danced with the devil. Uh, the pain was heaven. Like she, she knows like what she would have done, what she could have done, what she should have done. And then Ivy is about an affair. Like it's like, I was like, what the fuck is this mashup? This one, this one was a little more, the songs themselves are just sad or like, you know, have like good messages. I was, I was struggling to mend these two. I was like, I get, uh, maybe, I guess maybe what it could have should have was like, he cheated, did whatever. And yeah, actually, maybe I just had a light bulb moment live on camera. Yeah, I guess what it could have should have is like the idea of like, hey, these are the things that happened. You hurt me. Like, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I didn't do that. Like reflecting back on a relationship and what you wish didn't happen. But then in Ivy, it's about a loveless marriage and like knowing that something is going on and like there is the affair and whatever. So I guess, yeah, wow. Never mind. Look at that. I. This is why it's important to talk. You know, this is why it's important to talk about things and like, talk things out because in my head I could not mesh these two but now it makes sense <laughs> and then the second surprise song that night is her mashup was forever and always and maroon so I mean forever and always I was there when you said forever and always I was there when you promised you'd be there with me kind of thing like now obviously like it's over and then maroon she already lost the person so it's like forever and always she's like it's the same idea you know she's saying she's like what happened to forever and always like now it's rain in the bedroom rain when you call range when you hear range when you're gone like this is how life is after and then maroon like the burgundy on my t-shirt or whatever the line is and the the rust that grew between telephones like it's mourning the loss of somebody kind of in both and like what could have been and what was so just again a genius mashup and i am just i her she continues to amaze me her the way her mind works it really needs to be studied because 
and now I'm like, what's going to happen? And I think she's in Singapore this weekend. I'm like, what mashup is she going to pull out now? Like, can she give us, can she give us a breather and like, give us like me and welcome to New York and just like not break our hearts for one weekend, maybe like, can she do something like you need to calm down and we are never, ever getting back together. Like give us some, like some fluff songs mashed up. Cause like these ones, these ones hurt. <laughs> these ones hurt. But that was the Eras Tour this weekend. I genuinely did not expect to be recapping the Eras Tour when it went overseas. I did not expect for it to like have any as much waves. I guess that's like shame on me. But like the girl, she she doesn't stop. It's insane. <laughs> and those are our, our stories for the week. We still have a TV recap. We still have my yes and my mess. So I hope you guys hope you're comfortable, you know, get yourself a snack, get yourself some water because we are not done yet. <laughs> um, TV this week, some great and some not so great. So first up, great. The Traders this week. Oh, oh my God. What an episode. We start the episode with Phaedra and Kate. Phaedra asking Kate if she would be a traitor. And Kate obviously accepts it because if she doesn't, she gets murdered. So now the two traitors in that castle are Phaedra and Kate. Kate is the first one at breakfast the next day. And MJ is almost immediately on to her. She's like, you're acting weird. What's going on with you? And I was like, girl, Kate, you have got to get it together. You cannot give up the fact that you're a traitor this early on. It has been seven hours since Phaedra invited you and you're already slipping up. Like, come on. But they, you know, episode goes on. They do their thing. And we find out that they ended up killing Kevin, which not like the biggest loss could have been a bigger kill. Like, I feel like they could have murdered somebody better. But I guess to keep the heat off of their back. I understand it and it makes sense. But so now Kevin is gone. They go into this challenge and they are shooting stained glass with their names on it. It's who comes up with the challenges on this show? Who comes up with the challenges on the traders? Because like who had the idea of putting a bow and arrow in front of a bunch of stained glass pieces and shooting them down? Uh, it was just like, I, I don't know. Very strange. The, 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 the challenges to me are just like, middle fluff they need to like buy they need to like buy themselves time so they do the challenge whatever this round table the fact that they left us on a cliffhanger and we do not know who mj voted for and she is the deciding vote between phaedra and peter going home my theory is she votes for peter and then that night they kill Trishel. And I think after that, they're going to know that Phaedra's a traitor. So I think they're going to be more onto her because they're already onto her. Like I said, it is between Peter and Phaedra right now. So I think if 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 I was in their shoes and they, if, if it plays out perfectly for me, MJ votes for Peter. Peter goes home. They find out he's a faithful. But then that night, the traitors kill Trishel. Next morning when they find out, I think that would be enough because Trishel is so on Phaedra's case. I think everybody would be like, okay, it's obvious that Phaedra is a traitor, especially because half the other table thinks that she is already. I think it would be enough evidence. So I, ah, this show. Oh my God. Oh my God. And Phaedra, when she's like arguing with Peter, she goes, well, you might've forgotten Peter. This is not The Bachelor. I don't have to kiss your ass for a rose. The, she, ah, I'm obsessed with this woman. She is everything to me. I'm, oh, I love her so much. And I'm just, I, this show, I say it every week, please start this show. It is the best reality TV show I have watched in so long. I'm obsessed with it. Oh my God. So we are on a cliffhanger. We do not know who went home. We do not know who they killed. It's going to be a good episode this week. I cannot wait. 
Moving on to some not-so-great reality TV this week, Drag Race. I have been so hot and cold with this season. One week I love it, one week I can't. This week I could not do it, and it's so upsetting because it was Snatch Game. So if you've been listening, you know that I've been saying there's three big weeks in Drag Race. If you don't watch the show, this is pretty much like the third biggest it's really the biggest challenge to win. Like, this is really when you make your mark. But, like, the ball, the rusical, snatch game are, like, the three big ones. And this was our third of the three. And it was so bad. It was not good at all. Which sucks. Because I love this cast. I love these girls. I love this season. <sighs> so they do the reading challenge at the beginning. Tsunami wins. Amazing. Great. Cool. Whatever. Snatch game. First and foremost, Safira should have won. I don't know why she she was she was safe, she was top, but like why did not why did she not win? That made no sense to me. She was so good. She was great. I will say like if everybody else sucked, Safira knocked it out of the park. So the fact that she did not win and Plain Jane did uh, even her runway was better than Plain Jane's in my opinion. I just uh, this this episode was so strange to me. I, I don't know. And then Nymphia is in the bottom. She was not good at Snatch Game. She she bombed. She was awful in Snatch Game. And I'll admit it. Nymphia is my number one. You know that. She is my front runner for the season. She sucked this week. But her runway was so good that I thought that would at least get her out of the bottom. And no offense, I thought Dawn and Morphine were both worse than her. Well, I guess Morphine did get that. But regardless, I thought Dawn, her runway and her Snatch Game were not as... We're, we're worse than Nymphia. So here's my delusional theory. I think that Nymph so next week is a sewing challenge. Obviously, Nymphia is going to be in the top. She will probably win, if not be like second to Q, who I'm assuming will win a sewing challenge. I'm thinking the producers, and again, this is just me being delusional, but I just, you start to know the game. I think for her like character trope, they had to give her one week where she's in the bottom. So then next week she could be like the hero character and be like, I was in the bottom last week. This week I'm going to knock it out of the park. And I, I think she's going to like either come out with like the craziest runway or just be like highly praised next week. That's my theory. Like I knew she wasn't going to go home when she was in the bottom. I knew she wasn't going to lip sync. Like she wasn't bottom two, but like she did not deserve to be in the bottom. That being said, we get to the bottom three. It's Maya. No, my God. What am I saying? Oh, my God. We get to the bottom. The top three. I'm all over the place. Is Maya, Safira, Plain Jane. Maya, what a change. She was literally in the bottom last week. We start the episode with her clearing the lipstick message because she just beat the lip sync. And now she's in the top. You got to give her some claps. Good for you, Maya. Plain Jane wins. I don't think she deserves it. She did deserve to be in the top. Safira should have won. Moving on, Nymphia, Tsunami, and Morphine are the bottom three. Tsunami and Morphine end up linking to Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which is just like, what an iconic song to lip sync to. Like, if I, if I went home because of that song, I'd be fine with it because that is such a major song to lip sync to. Absolutely iconic. Turns out Tsunami does go home. And I think the reason she went home is because she started leaning on morphine too much. They had this really fun moment where they were dancing together at one part and it was, it worked so well. And then morphine was just like killing it. She was doing her own thing, splits and tricks and this and that. And Tsunami kind of kept leaning on her and like those interactions to kind of like, I guess like bring more to it. But morphine just like wasn't giving back as much energy as I guess Tsunami expected. So I think Tsunami kind of got tripped up. It's sad to see her go. She was one of my favorites, but it's the name of the game. We are getting down to the wire now. And like I said last week, like 
these girls are good. This week, not so much, but these girls are good. So it really is down to every single detail. And like somebody, look at Maya. She was in the bottom last week. She was in the top this week. It is such a close game that like you really, it's a, it takes one week and you're done. So we did say goodbye to Tsunami, which is sad, but I digress. Next week is a sewing contest, I a sewing competition, and I think it's like gothic themed. So that'll be interesting. It's like going to be like an all black kind of vibe. So very excited for that. I hope that that episode is better. It seems to be every other week I'm on and off. So we'll see. But that is Drag Race. And that brings us to the end of the show. Um, you guys know the drill, though. We are not done yet. We still have my yes and my mess. So I say it every week. But if you are new here, first and foremost, welcome to the fam. I'm so glad that you tuned in. I end every show with a yes and the mess of the week. My yes being something I'm loving, my mess being something I am not loving, and we always start on a high note. My yes this week, Mean Girls has been released on digital platforms, the new one obviously that just came out. It is now, you can rent it on like Amazon, iTunes, if that's still a thing, wherever you can like digitally download, you can download Mean Girls. And they have cut out the fire crotch line that Megan Thee Stallion says in reference to Lindsay Lohan. So, Anyone who knows anything about pop culture knows that back in like 2002, 2003, I honestly can't even remember the comedian. He's married to somebody. He's married to like somebody from the Pretty Little Liars cast or something now. But some comedian made a joke about Lindsay Lohan, said that she was a fire crotch because she's redhead. It was like a big scandal. It really upset Lindsay. And you guys know, Lindsay Lohan is my girl. She is the it girl of all it girls, the mother of all mothers. Any tongue that speaks ill on Lindsay Lohan will fall. And this just proves it. If you're going to talk bad about Lindsay Lohan, you're not going to end up on top. And this is not a dig at Megan Thee Stallion. No, 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 not at all. This is a dig at whoever put that in the script and thought it was fine. Not digging at Megan at all, but the fact that Lindsay spoke up about this line and they took it out, obsessed. Like, but it makes sense. Like, Lindsay was in this movie. She brought a lot of press to the movie. She obviously starred in the original and made it as iconic as it could be. The fact that you like put that line in there and didn't tell her or run it by her, it is a little shady. So whoever put that in, shame on you. I hope it wasn't Tina Fey. I feel like it might have been. But that being said, Lindsay Lohan will always end up on top and Lindsay Lohan will always win. Also, I haven't mentioned once on the podcast yet, which is so unlike me, we're getting a new Lindsay Lohan movie in like three weeks. March 15th, Irish Wish comes out on Netflix and I'm so, so, so excited. We are getting two Lindsay Netflix rom-coms this year, which... Just like, what is better than a Lindsay Lohan rom-com? Nothing. I'm not even going to give you time to, to, to talk back to me. There is nothing like a Lindsay Lohan rom-com. As bad as they can be, there's nothing better. So I'm so excited. I'll talk about it more. There's like an event happening for it in the city in a week or so. And I am, I would figure out a way to get in. I will be there. So <laughs> stay tuned for that because I'm very excited to see what's in store for this movie. And yeah, so we will talk about more about that when it comes out. But now moving on to my mess. And I hate to even give this person any type of platform, but it's kind of fun to laugh at them on their downfall. So Kanye West, he released Vultures 1, which is alluding to Vultures 2. I actually think it comes out tomorrow, technically the second part of the album, but it's like a collab album with Ty Dolla Sign. I don't listen to Kanye West. I haven't listened to Kanye West since like 2006. Like I just, I don't listen to him. He, <sighs> if you don't know how the music industry works, if you want to sample a song, sample an artist, it is very like, common. It is very normal. But you have to get approval from either the artist, their team, their management, their record label. There has to be some approval for you to use their sample. He has now sampled Black Sabbath, 
James Brown and Donna Summers without any approval from any of them to use their music. He requested it, they all denied it, and he used the sample anyway. So it actually came out literally today that Donna Summers' like team and whoever, you know, her, whoever represents her is suing her, is suing him officially. Like it is going legal. They are, he wouldn't like take it off. He wouldn't do anything, which good. Like you're literally wrongfully using somebody else's art. Ozzy Osbourne, he went on a whole tangent. I just, my biggest thing is like, how did this, how did this happen? You know what I mean? Like who approved this and like, let it get to the point where like he was doing a fully produced song with stolen samples realistically not to mention the taylor swift line he said literally something he says um i made six taylor swift since i had the rollie on the wrist i'm the new jesus bitch i turned water to christ like why are you mentioning taylor swift on an album in 2024 please get over it like please get over it and i just it's like insane to me that he still after all of the things that he's done, after like literally stealing these samples from people and like putting them out without any uh, like approval, he still went number one. Like people are still supporting this man to the point where enough where he is going number one. That just blows my mind. Blows my mind. After and I, he is not well. I will say, like I know for I know he is mentally disturbed. So I am not like discrediting him there. What makes me sad and angry really is the fact that nobody in his life has been able to like wrangle him in and maybe they have tried and he just is like someone who can't be put down like but it is just like it's getting to a point where I'm like what when is going to be the teetering like what's going to tip over the iceberg with him and like what's going to be the final straw where he just has like the like I always think he's gonna, he's on the verge of like the biggest breakdown and then he like comes out fine. Something like this can't keep going on. It is, it's quite literally a mess. Like it is such a mess. Apple Music did remove the album from their platform when all this legal stuff started happening. So at least that happened, but like it's still going number one. And I just like, it blows my mind that Kanye West still has enough of a platform and enough of a fan base where people are making him go number one in the year 2024. I just, I don't understand. I don't get it. And that's like, if, if I'm going to talk about Kanye West, it's going to be in the mess section of the show. So at least like we can all be on the same page there. And like, if you're a Kanye West stan or a fan listening, I'm actually not sorry that I'm so against him. I just, nothing he does to me makes sense. Everything he does is just like dirty and like evil spirited and rotted. And I just, ugh, I have no respect for him. And it just, he continues somehow to amaze me. The fact that he can like, do worse things over and over and still have this much of a fan base and support. Ugh, I don't know. But with that, that's the end of the show. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you loved it. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you give us a subscribe, give us a like, leave us a comment, tell me what you're thinking. If you're listening to us at a podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review. We are available wherever podcasts can be streamed. So Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play, the whole, I don't know, there's so many podcasting sites and I am on all of them. So if you're listening on any form of podcasting site, one, thank you. Two, leave us a five-star rating. And three, send this episode to a friend. If everybody sends this episode to one friend, I will double in listeners. Send it to two friends, I will triple. Is that how the math works? I don't know. Just send it around. Tell your friends. Leave us a review. I know it's like everyone who has a podcast says it. Like, it helps so much leaving a review, but it really does. Like, even just a five-star rating 
goes a long way in the podcasting world. So I would really, really appreciate it. And if you know, you have any thoughts, feedback, things like that, I always have a little question box on Spotify. So you can leave a question there. Shoot me a DM. I'm always on Instagram. You can always reach me on Instagram DMs, tweet me, whatever it is. I want to know what you're thinking. So tweet me your thoughts. Tell me what you're thinking. And until next week, I'll catch you then. Bye.